0: My grandpa has the coolest podcast. You gotta listen to it. (laughs) Or else I'll punch you in the face.
1: (laughs) What did it say? You know, if you're able to get inside my brain, You know and hear (laughs) what my thoughts are you would understand quickly that they fray in a bunch of different directions. Uh, Professionally I was a hockey player and now I'm a coach you know so one would think that's kind of what I live and breathe you know but that's not actually the case. Though I love what I do there's uh, so much outside of the game that I'm really passionate about. I'm I'm a bit of a music and guitar freak and I love motorcycles and the arts. I even like history and geography through my travels. My podcast is about all of these things, and I speak with some really cool people about some really cool shit that I've met throughout my career. And yeah, you will probably hear the odd hockey story. So join me inside my brain, man, and welcome to my Motley Thoughts. Alright, well before we get going here, I should mention, support for Motley Thoughts is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. And big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada. For those listeners in Canada, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. You know, one of the coolest things. the other day, when I was using the thing, the, the lawnmower 3.0, I was, couldn't get over how quiet the thing was. And it, nothing worse than thinking that everybody in the whole house or the whole world knows you're shaving the your junk. Anyways, <laughs> that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have the lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium, and the battery lasts up to like 90 minutes so you can have a closer and longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show you're more off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience firsthand for yourself and trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Dusty70 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. (laughs) All right, and back to our regular scheduled programming. All right. All right, thanks for joining me. My next guest, I'm really excited to have on the podcast. Um, But before I introduce this gentleman and all of his accomplishments, I want to explain my excitement. And it's actually not because of his accomplishments. It's because of how we connected and actually how we became friends. And it wasn't through hockey, actually. It was more of our love for music and guitars in particular, uh, which we'll get into in the podcast. Uh, Now about this guy, he was drafted uh, sixth overall by the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2005, uh, played parts of eight seasons in the NHL. Uh, Then he went over to the KHL in Russia for a number of years, and that's actually where we met. Um, He has since uh, just come back from playing uh, in Poland. And was uh, gracious enough to join me today. Uh, so, without further ado, it gives me a great pleasure in welcoming my friend and fellow guitar shredder, Mr. Gilbert Brule. How are hey, you doing, buddy?
0: Hey, Dusty. Thanks so much <laughs> for having me on.
1: No worries, man. You all settled in uh, back home?
0: Yeah, I am. I just, uh, like you said, I just came back from Poland a few weeks ago and had to do the whole quarantine thing, and uh, you know all yeah. that. Stuff. So, um, just getting back to kind of normal life here, sort of. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. The uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever played or been to Poland. Uh, I I know a couple people that have gone there, but uh, what was your experience like?
0: Um, it was pretty wild, and it was kind of strange how I ended up actually going to Poland because, um, as you know, Victor Bartley, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was kind of the one who brought it to me and he was like, I have signed and was going to Poland and I was like, me and Victor talk quite a bit and we're, you know, we do some business together and we're good friends. Um, so he's like, hey, why don't you just come play in Poland with me? And I was just <laughs> like, oh, maybe I should. And I was just like a joke at first, but then it kind of turned into like, hey, he's like, maybe you should come here and like, it's going to be a short season. And I was like, "Yeah, I may as well give it a shot. and <laughs> I didn't really like feel like going anywhere else. And it was just nice to kind of go somewhere with a friend, uh, like him. And, uh, we had a good time together and, um, yeah, that's kind of the reason why I went. So it was, it was a fun few months, uh, uh, with him. And so it was great.
1: That's cool. Did, yeah. did, did Vic like it?
0: Um, you know what? He did like it there, but he actually ended up having to go home uh, about halfway through our journey there because of uh, just some family. Oh, really? But, uh, so, yeah, he ended, up, he ended up leaving pretty quick. He went home um, just for some personal reason. And uh, yeah, so I understand. I stayed there, obviously, and I just finished the season out. So uh, it was mm-hmm. too bad that he had to go, but uh, we got to spend some time together there. And uh, it was awesome. You know, he's well, that's good. cool. The great guys, you know.
1: How was the, how was the hockey?
0: Uh, the hockey was actually pretty good. Yeah, our team uh, ended up making the playoffs, and we did lose in the first round. But uh, the hockey was really good. It uh, was—I wouldn't say it was like overly physical or anything, but uh, there were some pretty skilled guys, and they worked very hard. So it was good.
1: Well, that's cool. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with, and and you know, I was looking at your uh, your stats just to see. I knew um, some of the places you played, but I didn't know everywhere. So uh, you you've been to a number of places, but I think that's I think it's a great thing when you, uh, you know, it's great to play in the NHL or whatever, but it's also great to go travel and see different types of parts of the world and whatnot. And you really uh, seem to have uh, gotten to see quite a few places.
0: Yeah, I have. And uh, you know, I was, like you said, it was great to play in the NHL and get to see, you know, and play in that league, obviously one of the best leagues in the world, the, the best league in the world. Um, but outside of that, after I've uh, been pretty fortunate to travel, like you said, and um, go to these different countries and uh, to play in like China, you know where we met and mm-hmm. you know, played in Croatia, I played in Poland <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and then all the other teams and things we play on the along the road trips and stuff, we go to a lot of places, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's been pretty cool to play in those cities and play in Russia, right? And uh, not a lot of people get to do that stuff. so I feel like I'm kind of like one of those uh, soccer players, you know, that just kind of travels around Europe like travels <laughs> the team and just plays in different countries all the time. I'm like, kind of like that guy. So, <laughs> well,
1: Hey, well, you, you're, you're doing what you love yeah. and you're, you're getting this, all the places that you've been to. How can you beat that? You know, there, I guess when we're kids, you know, you have the, that one dream to play in the, in the show or whatever, but uh, what, what your career is, been able to offer you outside of just playing hockey is pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it is pretty amazing. And uh, obviously I've got to meet some pretty amazing people along the way too, which is, you know, open my eyes and kind of see you know, to see, uh, see things in a bigger, uh, more open kind of view, I guess. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: actually that that's perfect lead into what I guess I was going to give the, the listeners a, a background as to, um, why I was in, in, I wanted to have you on the pod, and it, it wasn't because you know I, I know you from from uh, working with you in hockey. It was actually how we kind of connected while we were working together uh, in the KHL, and it, it was kind of funny because you're you're kind of a you're a quiet person uh, when you first you know just as a coach watching players and stuff. You seem very quiet, and and uh, not that you weren't friendly or anything but you didn't say much to the coaching staff or whatever and uh then i don't know i can't remember how it happened but i i know i'd seen you traveling on the road with a guitar yeah and i was like holy shit i didn't know that and uh so i asked some people you know just uh, does he play much or what's what's the deal and and then uh I heard that you're actually not only like playing guitar, but like hard rock. And so I was like, Oh shit, <laughs> I gotta, we gotta start to chat. And then I remember, uh, I don't know where we were, but we were at one of those, uh, private terminals, uh, waiting yeah. outside of, um, uh, of the terminal, uh, to get in there. And, and you, you came up to me and we started chatting about, uh, music.
0: Yeah. And, I yeah. yeah do you
1: remember that? Yeah. yeah remember and, and it was, it was like uh, totally opened up a whole new uh, friendship, and we started talking about music and guitars, and yeah. and uh, and then you said you you know would love to jam, and and I, do you remember what city we were we were in when you we we jammed together?
0: I think we were in uh, Yekaterinburg, maybe I think, and we had that little like four days there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's where we were.
1: Yeah. And that's actually, I went uh, out on my trekked on my own, found a guitar shop, yeah, and I bought a guitar in Russia. And <laughs> it was the it was the, the the guy there, the the guitar shop, spoke zero English. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I ended up walking out of there with a the guitar, but I managed to buy one. But it was so cool because uh, you uh, usually w- when there's that coach um, player separation traditionally anyways Mm -hmm. that uh i've never been uh an advocate for especially the way i coach uh i like to have relationships and it was nice that you stepped over that boundary and we we connected and we we jammed that night and uh it was just so much fun and built a friendship right around that and uh i just think it was so cool and uh I wanted to ask you: Have you been playing a lot lately?
0: um You know what? I haven't been playing a ton as of late because um, actually, when I went to Poland, it was kind of like uh, I had to kind of leave pretty quick, so I, I didn't bring a guitar with me. So oh, I, I had a few <laughs> months of a break. So I'm kind of slowly getting back into it again. I had just a little break, and I'm a little bit rusty, so I need to practice, but. Uh, I before I actually left uh like I guess it was just at the end of summer I bought a new Marshall's amp so a nice stack so Oh wow. <laughs> I got to get back playing because I got to start, you know, playing with the amp and getting some use out of it because it was uh it was a nice one. It's really nice.
1: So you um, bought a stack.
0: I did, yeah. Well,
1: well, you live out in in out I was going to say out in the middle of nowhere but <laughs> you, you you have a, a, a the freedom to crank it <laughs>
0: Yeah a little bit yeah
1: (laughs) that's cool do you have do you have a sectioned off area in the house so you don't uh, uh, freak out your wife
0: we have like our spare room is kind of like I call it my music room so I have guitars and on the wall in there and I've got my amp in there and microphone and I have an actual drum set in there too that my friend brought over that he's kind of been playing when he comes over sometimes so uh, it's the music room, kind of. So, but they, she doesn't mind, honestly, when I play my guitar. So, which is kind of nice. It's it's cool.
1: That's cool. You so you got the stack. What's uh, and and you always made me really jealous whenever we talked about your collection <laughs> of of okay. guitars. Have you have you added to that at all?
0: You know what? I actually to get that Marshall stack, I ended up selling some of my guitars that I wasn't really using as much. Right. Um, I kind of kept, I kept most of the nice ones, obviously, like the more top of the line, like Gibsons and stuff I kept, but uh, I got rid of my, uh, the one that I was tough to get rid of. It was a 1986 uh, Martin Acoustic. Yeah. It was, it had a little bit of wear and tear to it, but I bought it at like an old vintage shop when I was playing in Edmonton. Um, that one was tough to give up. <laughs> it was the hardest <laughs> one to give up, but uh, it brought in some good money, you know, which just enabled me to get the amp, which was a fair trade, I think. So
1: That's cool. Cool. Yeah. Was it, a, is it, is it a new stack or was it a, a an older one or?
0: It's new. Yeah. It's uh, the Marshall silver Jubilee series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rocks pretty loud, man. I like have,
1: it. Have you, so you've had a chance to, to turn it up?
0: Oh yeah. A few times. I haven't cranked it up to 10 yet because I'm, I'm kind of worried what it's going to do. The, window <laughs> the wall or something. <laughs> Yeah. So it's going to shake the whole house for sure. It does on like halfway up. So it's, it's pretty loud.
1: Well, that's the one they, thing they say about Marshalls—they actually sound better when they're cranked. Yeah, I can yeah. agree with that for sure. Yeah, they there's nothing like it. When I actually have a, uh, and I, oh, geez, I've had it since I was, I, not quite a maybe a teen end of my teen years, but early twenties. Okay. I bought a mini stack, and it's a it's a a special edition one. It's red. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, uh, it's perfect because, you know, the big ones, one, they take up space Two, uh, uh, sometimes it's just, you can't play it in, 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 in the, in, if you're in where there's a lot of houses yeah, <laughs> and uh, this one you can crank and it's, it's loud, but it's uh, still doable. And yeah. so you can actually, when you get to nine and 10, it, it sounds sick. <laughs> that's awesome it sounds totally cool
0: that's cool because marshall doesn't make too many red amps do they i don't see that either. well
1: i looked around for because i i you know when you buy something you think at the time i didn't care i just loved how it looked when i was just a kid right yeah. but as years went on i looked back and like when they said it was special edition i was like yeah is it really you know i'll probably go and look and there'll be a million of them out there but i haven't found any nice so yeah. i actually i gotta take it in because the i think the tubes or something in, in is shorting it makes this sometimes it makes a funky uh sound a hiss or something so i gotta get it fixed but it's years it's old and i don't want to lose it so there's some new great amps out there yeah. that you you think well should i especially with the connection with um with your computers and stuff now the stuff these amps can do it's yeah. crazy
0: yeah it's pretty wild with all the wi-fi and bluetooth and all the connection stuff you can do with, with things now
1: yeah <laughs> but this one i think I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna hang on to i also i one of the other vintage things i kept is i had an old wah pedal
0: oh yeah
1: uh, that was given to me from a girl a girlfriend's dad uh when i was we were kids and uh it was from like the 60s oh wow yeah so and it it's actually it's so it's looks got mold inside i had to open it up and (laughs) i'm trying to keep it but uh you know you gotta you gotta really keep those things up it's tough
0: yeah cuz those wah uh, pedals usually have a bit of like oil and some sort of lubrication in them right and stuff so that could definitely get like
1: yeah it it's, it problem. needs to be it needs to be refurbished for, for sure <laughs> it does when you go to push on it it's like It makes oh, these man. funky noises but uh it's definitely one worth are trying to refurbish so i got to i got to get on that one um so your your guitars that you're using right now what's your go to
0: uh, what I play the most, I'd say, is probably just my Gibson Les Paul, like the Gold Top. Yeah. It's a 57 reissue. That's probably one of my favorite guitars that I play. Nice. It's just, I love the colors of it, and like the back, of the wood, and the gold. It just matches and blends just so nicely. It's just, it's like Sweet. a piece of artwork. <laughs> I just love love holding it and playing it. Yeah. That's
1: some of the best for me, anyways. You sound similar. The best thing is the actual just looking at those what you're playing and the feel and it's like you said it's like art it's like a it, it's something that you kind of in awe of when you're playing it i love that yeah it's the coolest thing
0: there's some really beautiful guitars out there and like just some really some guys who can really you know make some amazing you know stuff on the the top of the guitar you know yeah kind of finish on it and whatever they're doing and Uh, One of my favorites has got to be the Gibson, I think it's the Bourbon Burst. I really love that guitar. Mm -hmm. Just the color of that guitar. It's pretty, it just looks like a nice rock and roll. song. You know, I like that.
1: Well, I follow uh, Gibson, the the company, on Instagram, and they they have some sick stuff coming out. It's crazy. Yeah. And you know what? I I I just had Biz on uh, the last uh, episode of the podcast, and and I told him this story. He actually we had this uh, story that he introduced a guy uh, to me that uh, was wanting one of my masks and, and did the trade. Uh, yeah. He said he would trade uh, for uh, some Apple product, and, and then also then he out of the blue hooked me up. And got me a guitar from Schecter, and yeah. uh, but what the real cool thing is, he knew the VP, so he got me in in LA because that's where I was, and yeah. the head, uh, cu- the plant there um, where they customize all their make the guitars and shit yeah. had a tour for me, yeah. and I got to see all of that, and I'd never been in one before, so that was very fascinating to me to see yeah. them actually how they make these things
0: yeah, and
1: and you talk about the finishes the tops and stuff how they come up with these different uh, designs and colors and and uh grains and 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 stuff is mind-boggling
0: yeah i bet i don't, I don't even know where they start to do that stuff it's it's crazy.
1: it's crazy and and some of the machines that they have that they put the the, the bodies in and stuff and to get these finishes is is unbelievable then you really you really start to appreciate how they get some of these looks on some of these guitars man
0: it really is a piece of artwork yeah
1: you yeah. know when you showed me some of the pics of your your guitars i i get jealous because uh uh if i if i had the unlimited amounts of money uh that's probably one thing i would uh get out of hand with <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure it's one of those things. Like I almost got to leave the guitar shop some sometimes because get, I get, I, I could just go on a spree.
0: It is like an addiction for sure. Yeah. No doubt. And it's um, an expensive one. It can be an expensive <laughs> one. <laughs> sure.
1: it, it, so, well, hey, it's a it's a better habit to have than than some of the alternatives. I'll just say.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Hey, um, what do you? Any new music you're listening to right now?
0: uh not a lot of like new music I kind of just uh cycle back through a lot of old music and newer stuff and older stuff and everything in between I guess you could say Mm -hmm. um I kind of go through phases sometimes where I listen to like a little bit more rap and some little more chill music
1: yeah yeah
0: I go through like most of the time it's pretty like heavy rock and heavy metal or some heavy rock stuff so um that's pretty much kind of my go-to is rock and metal and yeah, yeah. I mean, with all the COVID stuff right now, there hasn't been like a ton of new, you know, albums coming out from bands that I like. There's been a couple here and there, but just not, right. uh, not as regularly, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, so. oh, and it it's different too. That you can tell the writing and the way things are going down. It's just not coming out as fast and as much because everybody's having to write on their own and then collaborate through their computers and and whatnot, and you just get a totally different vibe.
0: Yeah, it's not quite the same. You're not yeah. really, uh, you're not really blending together when you're making your music there, you kind of just
1: I know band, bands are trying. I, I've been watching how they've been trying to to keep it fresh and interesting. Um I was gonna tell you the uh if 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 you haven't been uh venturing into any of the new stuff. Yeah. Um the do you know the band Chevelle? Chevelle? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've heard a few of their well,
1: songs. They, they've been around a long time, but yeah. never in the main uh media as far as the mainstream. But they have a new album out yeah. and it's sick. I Fun. love it. Yeah, no, I and I think you'd you'd really like it. Uh when I heard the new album, I was like, Brew, Brew probably would <laughs> would yeah. like this. It's Let's funny. It, but... Um I think it's self-destructor. Hang on, just let me take a quick look here
0: uh i'm always looking for new music to find so
1: um hang on here no that's the title that was the first track actually uh self destructor the name of the the album is called i don't even know how to fucking say it it's n i r a t i a s neratius
0: or something okay
1: but anyways it's the new album and yeah the song self listen to self destructor first and uh and let me know what you think because i'm hooked on it i i know all of them right but uh prior to that i had maybe four or five songs on my itunes and then after i heard that album i was like uh i downloaded everything and so no one kind of that rabbit hole i get into those and and uh and I, I was like, man, this, these guys are a lot better than I ever realized. Like they write some really cool shit. Really cool shit.
0: Yeah, I've listened to a few of their songs from like maybe ten years ago, even right. Yeah, them. yeah. I got a couple of really good songs that
1: I like. Well, here's the thing. Usually when you just uh surface uh um listen on like whatever comes across on your iTunes or whatever, you usually only hear the the title track or the one that they promote yeah, uh to sure. And it's more commercial, right? Yeah. And then you don't really get the gist of uh what the band's about.
0: Yeah, totally. I agree with that. Yeah, they're kind of singles or their hit song, and then there's always some better songs usually on the album than those.
1: Right. Well I was gonna tell you I actually every so often I do a, a bonus episode where I do Dusty's downloads mm-hmm. and uh I give five songs that I really think are cool. And I try to keep them more uh, songs that not the average Joe would know off the top of their head. So it kind of gives them something new to research and, and, and find a new love, a new band. And, uh, the, uh, that song self-destructor was one of them. Uh, but there's a, another band that I I might, we might've talked about this on the road. I'm not sure, but do you, Know of coheed and Cambria?
0: Oh yeah, I know yeah and Cambria. I, yeah.
1: yeah, well, in the music world, they're well known. Like they're well respected, but they're as far as the good average good. listener, yeah. not a lot of people know. Yeah. I think they're awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard about them when I was just out of high school, I think. And uh, I, I, I don't know. You should you should watch this. I think it's uh, uh, it's like uh, what's that guitar shop down there? Guitar or something? World and Guitar World or whatever Guitar Center I think it is I Oh Guitar
1: Center Yeah Yeah Yeah
0: I think it's them or someone who does like a live show with Coheden camera Cambria playing at their wherever it is their venue
1: I think and I saw it on it, YouTube
0: and they play that Welcome Home song Yeah Yeah oh my God It's the guys with the long hair the singer Yeah like the solo behind his back Yeah being like crazy and it's like it's wild It's awesome Awesome song to watch live
1: Well that's the that's the tick the key when you I try to uh, pump up Coheed and Cambria. I'm I said it, you you listen to the song and you're like, "Wow, they're good players or whatever." But then you watch them live and how they do all of that live. Yeah. It's it's amazing actually. <laughs> if you if you've played and try to sing and play, you you know what I'm talking about because it's he makes it look like it's like nothing.
0: Yeah, I was like my mind was blown when I watched that. I was just like, How is he doing this right now? <laughs> it's
1: crazy. Yeah. yeah. He makes yeah. it look easy too. But yeah. um the uh I was gonna tell you uh one of the other things I talked about with Biz on the on the show. He uh on Spit and they a while back they had on a guest, uh Jay Weinberg. Yeah. Uh the drummer from Slipknot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess he's goalie. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> right so i was telling biz i said uh you got to hook me up with this guy cuz that's that's exactly the type of guy i would want on the pod he, yeah. there's a connection with hockey but it we, we could talk about music and yeah. and uh and he's a hard rock guy and i'm like got to have him on and he so he said he's going to hook me up but that uh that connection would be so cool i thought you thought you you'd find that interesting
0: that would be awesome to get him on your show for sure. I heard he's like a huge Nashville Predators fan.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've I been researching to just see what, you know, where his love of hockey is. And, and it said that yeah. in, on Google there. <laughs> it said he, he's a huge fan. And he's got a really cool story too. Do you know that his dad was the drummer for Bruce Springsteen? Bruce Springsteen?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because I do follow him on Instagram and I'm a Slipknot fan, right? I, I, right. So I follow him and he's actually posted some stuff about that. Yeah. I had no idea before. I was like, that's that's wild. That's really cool. Yeah. Some really big bands, yeah.
1: So. Well, and what's really cool is his, when I listened to the podcast, he explained it uh, uh, and how it all went down with him becoming the Slipknot drummer, how he became a professional drummer. And did you know he he uh he played a song with bruce like madison square garden or somewhere huge yeah. uh played played a song uh with him and then later on i guess his dad was contractually uh, obligated to do the I think i don't know if it's the tonight show or fallon or what he's on one of those he's a drummer for one yeah. of those shows and they were just O'Conan o'brien i think okay and they were relaunching him in new york or somewhere and he had to be there through the beginning so a good stretch so bruce asked uh his dad if jay would be into drumming for him yeah. on the tour yeah so he went on tour with bruce for the year how
0: old was he then he i
1: don't yeah he was young yeah. so he toured with freaking bruce springsteen that
0: was like <laughs> the first gig kind of was just
1: yeah and then uh i guess he'd been a, a huge fan of uh slipknot right from the, when he was young yeah and then auditioned and freaking got the job that is just a it's a such a cool story such yeah. a cool story be amazing yeah um what i was i was gonna ask you uh a little bit back to the hockey uh yeah. i was gonna ask you when we when you were in russia uh i noticed you played on a number of teams uh and i, I wanted to know uh some of the best places uh, that you really liked, uh, and I don't want to go into the negative shit, you know, that were you know, the worst <laughs> places and everything, but were there a couple places that you really enjoyed?
0: Definitely, uh, you know what, not in, you know, just outside of Russia because I did play in Shanghai. I really liked playing in Shanghai, I thought that was a cool city. Um Beijing was pretty cool to experience for a while but um you know with all the traffic and just how how busy it was after a while it was just a bit yeah. too much honestly um you know taking an hour or two to get to a game and back home every day was Yeah.
1: Pretty that, cool. that that got old.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty quick, you know, especially if we had morning skates too and then a game at night that was like 4 hours in a cab it was just too much. Yeah. Um, but in Russia, like, I really love Moscow and uh, St. Petersburg. I think, um, you know, most people, you know, North Americans probably say the same thing. Yeah, uh, Moscow is a super fun city, just lots of things you can get into there, lots of great restaurants and bars and whatever you're looking for. And it's always open pretty much. (laughs) You know, you want to go out, you want to have fun. It's a, it's a cool city. And some of the best food I think I've ever had in the world has been in Moscow, you know? So yeah, uh, I've been around to, you know, quite a few countries and uh, probably one of my favorite cities for sure. Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. I love Moscow too. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, before, before going there, there was, you know, you're open to what, people have told you about the place or or you kind of bulk in russia as you know dark and gray and gloomy and and everything but russia i thought was really cool
0: yeah actually you know the first year i was there the first year let's say maybe two it took me a bit of an adjustment to get used to how things were over there obviously like culture and just the way life is and uh you know your day-to-day going to the rink and all that stuff it takes a bit of getting used to but Uh, once you can actually get used to that and see how it is over there and how people live and how they are, it's, it's a really beautiful place. And I really enjoyed it too.
1: Mm -hmm. When you were in, um, uh, Sabir, uh, like that place was friggin' cold, man.
0: Yeah. Really (laughs) cold.
1: Yeah. Did you, um, did you like, uh, where was it? I don't even know the city but uh tractor
0: yeah chelyabinsk chelyabinsk yeah, yeah.
1: I, I i and i'm not ripping on everywhere but it just it wasn't from what i remember it wasn't one of the more lovely places <laughs> no. I, I didn't find
0: yeah well novosibirsk like i remember one day it was minus 40, 40 something 42 43 let's say like it was <laughs> cruising there but the actual city itself was wasn't bad i actually liked the city there uh the rink was old but they had the best fans there like the fans are awesome
1: yeah um, yeah yeah
0: I Made it fun to, you know to go to games and um but Chelyabinsk, yeah like i i was there for a little bit and uh, the rink's super nice there but then like the rest of the city it's kind of there's not much to do there really honestly it's kind of boring
1: yeah, that, it, yeah, that's probably more what I was saying. It wasn't like a, yeah. it was a, an awful place, but it just—I uh-huh. I don't really remember being much to do there. But uh-huh. <laughs> Sabir, I do remember uh, you guys were on the ice, and and we were playing. It was a real important game, and and uh, <laughs> like you said, it's that old rink and the 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 box, the the box that we were in. Uh, me and the extras uh where i sit is right there you you can touch the people's heads of yeah. the fans in front of us and uh <laughs> they were i guess i don't know if it was shimmy uh, or smitty were playing but they were, one of them was playing really well and and they were turning around to me and they were yelling at me and <laughs> screaming at me and i'm you know i'm just sitting there i'm just watching the game and one of them even threw popcorn at me
0: no way <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they were pointing at shimmy or, or smitty the goalie and, and saying something about them like i'm sure they weren't saying very good things about him, yeah, but not. they were and then they were yelling at me it was freaking hilarious but it, i loved it because they were so passionate
0: yeah uh, that's how they were there. and Nova Novosibirsk, the fans are just crazy about hockey. Yeah. I guess if you're like the enemy, so to speak, that is like don't like you.
1: It seemed old school, like uh, a place back home here where, you know, you go to an old barn and, and you just have a lot of blue-collar people yeah. that just are out there supporting their team and would, li- would literally kill you out in the parking lot if they saw you.
0: Yeah, probably, for sure.
1: Yeah. That was that was actually one of the the fonder memories. It, even though that place was absolutely freezing cold, I noticed one other place that you played that actually I I, I had no idea w- what team it was because they must have only been in the league for a while. Yeah. It's uh, Zag Zagreb.
0: Zagreb, yeah.
1: Where where was that?
0: In Croatia. Oh. Yeah. So um, oh, I so didn't know that. That was my second year in the KHL, and I think it was their third or fourth year in the league, maybe, something like that, or maybe even second or third. Um, so, yeah, they just they weren't around for long just because the team, I guess, had money problems or whatever. Um, so I spent a whole season there in Zagreb, and I then I signed with the uh, uh, in Russia, and I ended up kind of staying in Russia for a while after that.
1: Oh, See, yeah. it doesn't say. When I looked uh, up the your stats and stuff, it it didn't say what uh, city or country it was. So I was I was kind of confused by that. That's interesting. Is that where is that where you met your wife?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, it was. So um, the year I was there, like uh, you know, we ended up dating, kind of pretty, you know, a few months after I got there. I guess we were starting to see each other a bit, and uh, right. Uh, we ended up kind of, you know, still dating through the next summer after I left and went home, and then uh, she came to Nijnikomsk with me the next year, actually. So she was living in like the small town in Russia with me. Uh, <laughs> the first year, we kind of started living together. So
1: yeah. that's wild, man. Yeah, yeah. pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, that's did did she speak uh, good English right off the bat? Uh,
0: I wouldn't say the best. Like it was. <laughs> it was a little like tough at some with some words and stuff but uh you know i could understand most of the things we're you know we're saying so um but she learned really fast honestly like she spoke pretty good english within a year i'd say like she was pretty good so
1: that's amazing that always blows my mind how people yeah can can do that like a lot of people overseas that i meet are like yeah i speak three languages i'm like yeah it's not a big deal to them
0: I think pretty well everyone over there speaks at least English and then their native language, right? So, yeah, yeah. You know, or well, at least some other language with their native language. But a lot of the Europeans speak English too now, right? Like the, I guess not the older generations, but the newer, gen, you know, younger yeah. generations are mostly speaking English. So, for sure. All the, they, get all, uh, they all get taught in school now English as a, as a class. So, that's told me. So
1: when she first came back to canada was was there an adjustment for her or did she uh, uh, uh get accustomed to it really quickly or
0: yeah well she came to visit uh, before we you know we started living together once and was in canada for a couple of weeks so she kind of saw how you know vancouver and around here was like right um but when we actually started living together it was more so in russia and like europe when we were, i was overseas playing hockey uh, so when I came back, we ended up uh, moving to the Sunshine Coast. So you know, that's where we live now. And uh, she loves it over here. I, I think she's uh, she loves Canada. She's always happy to come back here. She'd rather come here than come go back to Croatia, she tells me. so.
1: <laughs> she's uh, still family? Is all her family there still?
0: Yeah, all her family's in Croatia. So, um, you know, we get to see them once in a while, but um, not too often, unfortunately. And, you know, with all this COVID stuff, it's been kind of hard to.
1: Yeah, that 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 kind of sucks, especially if you've got family and you, it's not easy to just jump back and forth. My my wife is American, and now it's, uh, and her parents are, are getting quite old, and and you don't want to not be there for them at yeah. if, if anything were to happen to them. But now it's, you know, I don't want to get all political and and whatnot. But right now, Canada's not making it very easy. Uh, and, and, and shit's kind of going down right now, it's <laughs> Where, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better or, or, loosen up. It's like, uh, some of the States, uh, in the, in the United States are, are, are going a better way, whereas uh, Canada, it seems is actually going in the, in the opposite direction. It's kind of scary. <laughs>
0: yeah i don't understand and uh you know they have the new restrictions in bc with all the restaurants and stuff too which is like crazy i don't i don't know where all these new cases are coming from because where i live over here I, everything seems to be like fine like everyone yeah I don't, I don't get it so
1: yeah well hey you know what i've been really uh, social media wise and just in the public wise you know especially because i need to work and i i you know i need to be open to you know if an NHL job opens and this and that so you're always worried about you know what you say or not say but the truth of the matter is uh we should be able to have our own opinions and and whatnot and have for the freedom to speak uh yeah. But, but yeah it, it's tough it's tough because I just see what's going on outside of Canada and North America and and yeah. uh and can't believe that we're going in this opposite direction it just blows my mind
0: yeah i know and uh i just went through the whole ordeal of you know traveling from uh you know internationally back to canada so i had right right directly from europe to, to vancouver and uh we had to go through the whole testing and you know all that stuff at the airport it took quite a while to get out of the airport and then we had to be tested at the airport our tests were fine we got our tests back within a day, but we had to go to a, a hotel, right? And they make you pay for three days.
1: What?
0: Yeah, so you have to pay up front for three days and they just jacked the prices up like crazy. So it was like 1700 bucks for three nights at like a co- coast hotel by the airport. It's not like a, you know, super nice hotel. It's just like a normal hotel. So it was ridiculous. And we only stayed for one night. Like We got our tests back in 24 hours. So legally we were allowed to leave. So we ended up going home after that um, to the Sunshine Coast. But we had to spend one night in the hotel, but we had to pay for three. You can't get your money back, and then they can still rebook the room while you leave. So, like, it's just—it's like a, such a fucking scam, man. I couldn't believe it. I was so pissed. I was you like,
1: didn't Get your money back!
0: No, I just like got robbed when I coming for coming back in my own <laughs> country. Basically, I was like, What the hell? Like, uh, couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah. That's like a huge money grab.
0: Oh, big time. So I had a negative test in Poland because I had to take it to the airport to fly. So I got into Canada the next day. So I did another test, got it the next day. I was fine. And then we had to do an at-home COVID test. They gave us one at the airport. So like 10 days into our quarantine at home, I had to do like a self-swab thing with someone like just like this over a Zoom meeting, like a doctor. And they watched me like swab my nose and you have to send it by later. And we already got our tests back and we're negative again. So I had three tests within like a week, like let's say a week and a half, 10 days, roughly. And I was just like, they were all negative. And I was like, this is just like excessive. I don't understand why it's just, it was such out of control. I was just finally out of quarantine and done with it. I was so happy to be done with all that stuff. So, oh my God like i was being punished and not not just me whoever else has has to go through it as well like for going to work like that's my job i have to go work abroad you know so it's kind of like you're being punished almost for you know a lot of people like especially like guys that play hockey overseas have to go through this as well right so it's kind of a pain in the ass
1: well i just saw on the news and not uh not the main news (laughs) but that uh Canada now has Trudeau said that you have to like it's law now that if you come back in and test positive that you're going to uh, what did he call it a facility yeah uh, a <laughs> mandatory uh, in I, from what I know in my experience or in history that's that's called an internment camp
0: <laughs> sounds like communism almost doesn't it
1: yeah you know hey i
0: fascism or something like everybody yeah. can
1: have their opinion uh but that just uh that scares me <laughs> it scares me man that he's uh he's saying that and you don't even see them doing that in the states
0: that's pretty that's that is very scary i didn't know they were doing that and yeah
1: like, yeah i just saw it um and the only people that covered it, uh, because you know that Canada, they've always been, they kind of get swept under the rug as far as importance. We've always okay. been, as a country, we've always been that uh, that chill friend yeah. <laughs> that no one cares about. <laughs> uh, so all their stuff kind of goes unnoticed, right? Uh, but this one, I guess uh, Tucker Carlson picked it up, <laughs> and he. He went on a rant about right. it uh, and was not happy. So that's that's where I saw it, and uh, and then I obviously I researched it after, and it's legit. Like, oh. and that just happened.
0: I can't believe that because some people actually do test positive, uh, but they have no symptoms. So like, that doesn't seem you know, quite fair. If you're putting people in an internment camp, basically
1: for yeah and we're not talking a day
0: yeah it's probably at least two weeks right? yeah
1: and on your dime
0: yeah exactly
1: and and you lose your your job what if you need to be back for work or like it's it's not 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 good stuff man it's uh you know that's about the most political stuff i've ever said on on the pod but (laughs) it's uh It's scary because, you know, like uh, if uh, something opens up uh, for me overseas, for example, or even not even just overseas, but down in the NHL in the States, if something opens up, all of this stuff has to be considered looked into. And that whole, I don't even know if this, if this passes the whole uh, vaccine passport thing
0: that's that's even more scary i think honestly. yeah like but, this
1: it's freaking 1984 george orwell shit
0: <laughs> it is really I know. so uh
1: and but it also it, it directly correlates to my livelihood and and whatnot so it's it's pretty scary moving forward and i i hope uh it'd be less scary if i was already working uh but right now you're like wow. <laughs> If, if someone comes knocking on my door and i, I need to take a job yeah. all of these things the vaccines the vaccine passports the fucking quarantines the internment camps it's like holy fuck it's yeah, insane.
0: i know i felt like i was being punished for going to work you know and i came back and it's just like it's almost like they're trying to do that you know so you're yeah. not traveling as much they want you to stay and you're you know you're your pen, your pig pen, or whatever you wanna call it. We gotta like you said, go outside and live our lives and look outside in the, in nature and see that the air is fresh out here. I don't have to be wearing a fucking mask when I'm walking outside in my house in nature. It's like this is better for your immune system than anything. Anything that you can put over your face. Yeah. Any any vaccination, you know, like exercise eating healthy proper diet being out in nature and and being happy and around the, the right people those are the kind of things that people need to focus on you know
1: i amen to that i agree with you on that for sure you know it's sad i i was actually just at the gym the other day and it was right after the word came out that they were Changing these mandates, or as far as the businesses and restaurants and shit like that. And uh, downstairs of the gym that I work out at, there's a bowling alley, yeah, and they have food and beer and 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 shit in there. And they were boarded right up, and they're you could they're not a big business either, like I'm sure they're run by a family or whatnot. And uh, just made me sad, you know, made me sad that uh if they probably finally thought, you know, they, they were, you know, just yeah. maybe going to be able to get back going again, you know, and, and then this fucking shit happened.
0: Yeah, it's sad.
1: That, I feel for those, for everybody, everybody and what they're going through.
0: Yeah. When I was in Poland, it was actually completely locked down. Like there was only takeout. there was no dying, dying in or anything at all. So, um, you know, one of the, our trainers on our team has, uh, his family's business was a restaurant, and then the other one had a gym. So they're all oh, like two. Yeah, like, no. That's pretty brutal, you know. I was like, they must be, you know, hurting right now and struggling a bit. So it's not really fair to those kind of people. It's I uh, just I don't know how they're getting through this right now, honestly.
1: Well, I I know a lot of people in LA because of me working there are are getting they're absolutely getting smashed. Yeah. To hell well like just as far as the small businesses are concerned yeah it's uh it's it's sad uh, but anyways en- and <laughs> enough of the the more negative st- stuff unfortunately it's important though it is important but uh on a more positive note I wanted to ask you uh about when I was looking at your your statistics and stuff like that I want to ask about your connection to the North Shore Winter Club here in Vancouver, yeah. and because you're not from here, but you're from Edmonton, right?
0: Well, I was born in Edmonton, but I grew up in Vancouver. Like I moved oh, to North okay. Shore when I was two years old. So.
1: Oh, so so you're basically from here then?
0: Pretty well, yeah. I just wasn't born here.
1: Oh, okay. So I was a little bit confused because I was like, "Did he just come over to to play at North Shore Winter Club?" Or uh-huh. oh, okay, so so you moved here then? So you're you're a Vancouver boy.
0: I actually like grew up on the North Shore, and I played for North Van minor hockey first, and then I think it was Pee is when I went over to the North Shore Winter Club. I played there for Pee Wee and Bannum, basically, and that was it. And then I went.
1: Well, that's that's you know. cool, man. It's yeah. kind of funny, like we're we're many generations apart. But uh, I remember when I was a kid, because I come from uh, Wally Surrey, and yeah. uh, I played for North Surrey, and back then uh we were a bit of a joke (laughs) we we weren't taken too seriously let's just say in the hockey minor hockey world and whenever we would have to go play teams like burnaby minor they were a big team back then burnaby winter club a little bit and then north shore the north shore winter club it was like when we would walk in there you know we didn't have a lot of money as far as the type of people and families uh, that were involved in North Surrey minor hockey. And when we would go to the North Shore winter club, we just felt like we were about this big (laughs) and and, uh, just used to want to beat them so bad. We never did ever, but uh, It was kind of funny, and then years, years later, when I'm an adult and I I have kids, and and my kids got back into the the minor hockey program here in the Lower Mainland, uh, I stepped in that rink again,
0: that building, and
1: I was like, "What the fuck was the big deal?" Like (laughs) I, it was small and old, and I was like, as a kid, it was like bigger than life. (laughs) I was the
0: that's funny because I I was the same like I played at North Van and to go play at the North Shore Winter Club like my dad and a few of the other parents kind of like recruited sort of kids from like North Van to go play at the North Shore Winter Club right right and like you said it was like you had a membership fee and all that stuff and uh, people we knew were already members there but we weren't members so they kind of like helped us uh, and (laughs) I don't know how my dad and these guys were crazy when we were kids, they made like a slush fund almost kind of thing for us to like play there basically. So all these guys could come from North Van and play at the winter club. Oh, no way. So we're kind of like supporting like, I don't know, four or five, six guys to come play over there. So yeah, yeah. that's how we ended up doing it. Um, it was, it was kind of cool. And yeah, it was, uh, we, we won a lot of tournaments growing up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> be awesome, man. Yeah.
1: The, um, that, that uh winter club actually has produced a lot of hockey players
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah it, it, and if you go into the building you're like uh the actual ice surfaces uh, it's you, you're not like some big uh, grandiose facility the, the whole thing the whole thing as a whole is cool but uh it's just uh more homey than anything when i think like uh, when i went back as an adult yeah. it didn't st- seem like it, as big but it all it had this feel like you know i think it, i could see why it would be cool uh it felt like a more personal yeah yeah it, it seemed pretty cool yeah
0: it's a pretty simple rink but there's a lot of uh, a lot of history there right and a lot of uh, a lot of love and stuff going into that facility too so mm-hmm. yeah, and then but- you
1: so that's really cool because since you're basically a Vancouver guy. Uh, then you play for the Giants at home too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's was, sick.
0: Yeah, yeah, I actually billeted. Uh, I, you know, I live in Vancouver, and North Van, so I ended up billeting in Tuason, and I actually lived in Ladner too. So I lived in both places out there. Oh, yeah, that,
1: that's that's cool.
0: Yeah, I went to school out there too, like high school. I went out, went out there.
1: So, so do you guys? When back then, did the Giants practice out there in Ladner yeah. or something?
0: yeah they did it was in uh like i think it was in i think it was in uh what was it called south delta and ladner maybe or something it was right. like in that industrial area i can't remember it used to be uh like a smaller rink like where the uh delta ice Hawks played maybe i think it was
1: right
0: yeah but now they have their you know they've moved and stuff and they have a different facility but
1: what uh what goalie goalies were there when you were there
0: when I was there, uh, my last year was Dustin Slade and... Uh, oh, okay. smith <laughs> actually.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah. And did you guys... Did you win the Cup?
0: Uh, we won the Western Hockey League. Um, okay. Ended up losing in the... I think it was the... I'm going to say quarter or semifinals of the Memorial Cup. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a... You guys had a good team. I do remember that.
0: Yeah, yeah we had a lot of good players in our team that year.
1: Did like, you enjoy the... the Playing for the Giants, then,
0: I did. uh, It was great. Um, Junior hockey was so much fun, and just to get to play at home, like you said, and uh, get to play at the Pacific Coliseum, where you know I watched the Canucks as a kid play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was pretty epic, honestly. It was just like everything was super cool. You know, getting to live away from home a bit, get to play at the Coliseum, and uh, the Giants organization was just phenomenal. The way they treated the players and and took care of us. So it was it was a great trip, like a great journey.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now I'll just touch briefly on, on moving on into your career. So you, you get drafted and you go to Columbus and did you growing up, were you, were you ready for everything that was going to happen with you and then, and, and the change of your life. And, and, and I'm asking this too because there are people that listen that um, are interested in that kind of stuff and, and in helping some people that, you know, maybe you have kids that are moving up through all of that and, and that transition. And I'm asking you this because I know I, know, I coached guys that it's been a bit of a challenge moving uh, so quickly.
0: Yeah, definitely going from like basically out of high school to the NHL was pretty mind blowing for me. And I was. Yeah. Uh, Drafted by Columbus, and I was playing with guys like Sergey Fedorov and Adam Wood and Frederick Modine, and you know all these kind of guys. And I was just like, I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I was like a bit starstruck for sure. Yeah. Uh, I used to have a like I've said this I think before a few times in interviews, but I had a a Sergey Fedorov poster on my door as a kid (sighs) when he had the all like Nike's white Nike skates, the Nike everything Nike, right? Yeah. Um, so it was kind of just like surreal that I was sitting beside this guy in a room and going to be working with him. And I just was like, it was wild, honestly. And I was, I was so young and I was dealing with that and also dealing with, you know, dealing with trying to become an NHL player. And I was basically still just a kid, right? So I was kind of trying to find my way in life and I didn't really know who I was as a person yet. So I was still growing and it was, uh, it was wild. Honestly, it was quite, quite a ride. (laughs) uh emotionally and (laughs) mentally you know and uh it was it was wild and i learned a lot i think i had to grow up pretty fast honestly
1: yeah i can can imagine
0: you know like yeah go through (laughs) 19 18 19 go through that kind of stuff and i kind of changed so it was it was wild for sure
1: yeah because you know not not everybody does that jump right away yeah you know that usually they have uh, the time to have some growing pains out of the limelight in the minors, yeah. and uh, to have to go through all of that right off the hop in the spotlight—that's got to be a lot of pressure yeah. for a, a young kid to handle, especially when you're probably feeling like you, those people you mentioned, the peers that that are actually more your more idols than anything else. Are looking at you uh you probably feel like they're looking at you (laughs) and you know you want to perform well you want to you want to show well and instead of just going out and having fun and playing I I can imagine as a as a kid that that had to be tough
0: yeah that was a big change for sure and you know in junior hockey you're just kind of going out and having fun every night you're playing with your buddies and then you're really going into like an actual job now right and it was definitely uh definitely like an eye-opener for me for sure
1: do you find now uh it's more easy to see the whole picture of your life and and enjoy what you're doing now more so than when you first jumped into the nhl do you enjoy what you're doing maybe more now
0: um yeah you know i I think everyone you know we all go through ups and downs and whatever career path we choose and uh no different for me in hockey you know I've had my ups and downs and been mm-hmm. through a lot um, but I, all those experiences have made me the person I am and uh, that's the thing that I see I'm grateful for for all that that I've been through whether it was good or bad you know I'd uh, just try to take what you can from it and learn like I said if it's good or bad you want to learn something try to take away something from it and uh, try to grow as a person and uh, that's what I've always tried to do and sometimes has been. it's <laughs> harder to do than others, but, uh, as a whole, in the end, you know, I'm, I'm almost 35 years old now. I see, uh, you know, I've had a good career and I've done quite a bit and, uh, had a pretty successful, you know, career in hockey. So it's, it's been great. And, um, I'm grateful for that, just to be able to do that for a living, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's easier when you're at the, at the later part of your career to, to compartmentalize everything and, 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 and enjoy what you do and it's when you look back when you're younger it seems you're always pushing so hard and and just want to do everything to the best and 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 achieve the highest and it's harder to smell the roses if you will uh, when you're a kid yeah Yeah, but I I, that's why I like to to talk and focus on on your career as a whole that I think it's I think it's a great thing that you have managed. Uh, although you, you played in the NHL and you're drafted high and you had those good moments there, yeah. the, the overall body of work I think is a, a great achievement uh, for your life. Yeah. And if you just played on one team, your whole life stayed in one city. Uh, yeah. You'd have an unreal career uh, as a hockey player, but I think your life is, uh, um, life resume
0: yeah it's pretty
1: cool i i i think it's really cool especially when i realize how many places you've been yeah. um i thought it would be really interesting to touch on that um i think it's very 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 uh you should be proud of that accomplishment
0: well, thank you dusty i am and uh you know one of the best things and i i got to travel so much i even got to meet my wife in my travels yeah yeah that's probably one of the biggest things that i'm grateful and thankful for so no doubt. You know, traveling has its perks, and uh, you never know <laughs> what can happen, right? You never know where you're going to end up, and uh, it's pretty awesome. That uh, and like you said, we were both kind of fortunate to be able to travel the world to play a game pretty well. So
1: yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, hey, man, I really, really appreciate you doing this with me, buddy. It was great yeah. catching up. Um, let, you know, don't be a stranger. I'd like to know what's going on with you moving forward, and uh, and if we can. Break down these uh, walls a little bit uh, and and get out. <laughs> yeah, you know, you get over here, or I get over there, and I, I would love to to plug into your new stack for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and jam sometimes. Yeah. Bet
0: you would. Yeah. <laughs> be awesome.
1: Right on, buddy. Hey, all the best. Say hi to your wife for me, love and um, and peace to you, brother.
0: Yeah, all the best to you and your family, Dusty. Thanks for having me. Right on.
1: Nice chatting, buddy. Cool. Well, that was cool. I want to thank Bru for coming on my podcast. It was awesome to catch up with him. He's a real cool kid. Um, he's subdued and quiet, and at first, you know, he, he doesn't come across as overly open and stuff. But once you get to know him, he's a, he's a real cool shit. And I had a great time talking about guitars and music and all that good stuff. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking to him. Um, one last thing. The part that we talked about the coronavirus and lockdowns and all that shit. Those are opinions and I won't make a habit of talking about that shit all the time. But it is real life that is staring us all in the face every day. So I hope you guys can respect that. All I want is for everybody to be happy and getting their lives back. That's all I want, man. So, on that note, I will bid you adieu. Oh, one last thing. I set up my YouTube channel, so if you want to check out episodes, uh, clips, or whatnot of Motley Thoughts, uh, you're more than welcome to go like and subscribe on that channel. I hope you all have an awesome weekend, and remember what I always say, stay safe, stay connected, and God bless. Peace out!